Shut up and sit down. Everybody, I got distracted, um, <clears throat> which happened pretty often today. Um, actually, <clears throat> um, anyways, tonight we're going to talk about um, uh, time travel will fix it. I'm going to get Julie on the phone uh, so she can keep me on task. You expect me to keep you on task? I think so. Yeah. It's high. It's high. <laughs> we're we're SOL then, man. I don't even know. Yeah, we're, it's going to be rough. We're having a podcast. Said we had to. Sort of, yeah. Well, I get this, you know, this weird little, um, this thing where um, my sister comes in and says, um, I need to do this thing before your podcast. I said, I'm having a podcast. And she says, Pop says you are. I'm like, uh, <laughs> that's really weird that he's making that announcement. But so I go to him. I said, why'd you tell her I'm having a podcast? And he says, well, I want her to do this thing before you do it. And I said, I'm not having a podcast. And he says, yes, you are. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the strangest conversation we've ever had. So <laughs> I was just telling her about that. She says, oh, hell, let's make him right. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I feel like he's weirdly invested in getting me out of the room for the evening. <laughs> so there we go. That's I'm how we wound up here. Instructions. That's how we wound up here. Um, uh, yeah, so we're going to do um, – we didn't pick a particular fandom um, because – reasons and so we have um we have we have a we have an open playing field um but i did have fun making the art for the podcast cover (laughs) it was nice yeah i just said we need to just figure out who needs a do-over the most and did did you see my tag one of my tags Um, is um will be who need help yeah (laughs) Don't mess with the Wibby. Yeah, I mean we got so many, um, and there there are various reasons why you'd want to do time travel in, in any particular fandom. Just because things have happened to your character that you wish, um, you wish you could fix, and sometimes it's like something permanent got taken from them that you that you want to give back, like Hedwig. And Dobby. And Derek's whole family. <laughs> yeah. And Derek's whole family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things here and there. 
I mean, yeah, time travel is just such an opportunity to give, like, correct a whole lot of fucked up shit. And, um, and, uh, and sometimes even just, like, manufacture a worse fucked up shit as the impetus for getting you to go back and get you to do be a do, big do-over. I mean, that's a really good thing in, um, in Stargate or Stargate Atlantis is you make it like worse than it ever got in canon so that you have a reason to send them back <laughs> and just fix everything. Like Ellie says, just let one werewolf, hello knows, um, realize that an unrage high school kid is sleeping with a perv. Uh-huh. Wouldn't it be interesting if it was Peter? I don't know the... um. I don't know the Teen Wolf canon, but I do know that at one point Peter dies, and then they resurrect him. Well, Mm -hmm. what if when he died, like he died, um, he died in the fire twice, right? Basically, I mean, he died. They set him on fire. Yeah, well, he 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 went into the coma. He burned nearly to death and was in the coma, and then they they killed him by setting him on fire. Well. They they set him on fire to weaken him, and then Derek rips his throat out. So, you know, either way, he almost so, dies in the fire twice. So, what if um, during that event, um, I know that he's insane the first season. What if that fire breaks him free from that insanity? And... The second, the second one. Yeah, and mm-hmm. okay. So this is like our main thing is fate, right? So what if some magical presence sensed in him? Where did this happen? Where did the fire happen? The second one was it in the woods? I believe it was out near the hail house. So it was so also I, out near the dead nematon, or however how you say that. Nematon, yeah, yeah, it, yes, fairly close, yeah. Okay, so I love the magical presence of that. So what if, like, um, the nematon recognized that Peter was was no longer insane, and maybe used the last magic it had to send him back in time. I like that. I like that a lot. And it conceivably could conceivably result in saving itself, right? Mm-hmm. Depending upon... I don't think canon is too specific, or if it is, it's contradictory, about exactly um, um, when the um, nematon was cut down. Um Well, in this particular instance, it wouldn't be so much fate is sentient as it is that the nematon is sentient. Um, but I've written sentient fate, fate before. Um, well, who's to say the nematon spirit isn't sentient fate? Yeah, it could be. Could the nematon have stored sacrificial magic from the hail fire? Hmm. 
could definitely have stored something. That's an interesting idea. Peter back in time, and he the first thing he does is he hunts down and kills. What's her face? Kate. Yeah, no one who's ever deserved a good killing in, in as many timelines as possible. Um, well, I did plot a story where something Azure said that made me. I, plot, I, I plotted something that actually kind of broke my heart. Um, and I, I actually got so upset about what I had plotted that I just hadn't really done anything with it. Um, it was actually one of my plots for the Quantum Bang. Which was that, and I could you could feed this into the time travel thing, because um, it was going to be a time travel thing, which was their styles traveled back in time. Um, but anyway, the, the the thing was is that there was never a what I wrote was there was never a Nagitsune at all. That Deaton lied about what was in the tree, that it actually was the tree's guardian that had been um, corrupted when it had been poisoned and trapped in the tree, and that that was Claudia, and it had, was Claudia's spirit that was had become corrupted and um, twisted. And um, that's really that sad. Was, I know that it was her that had possessed Styles. It was his own mother. Um, anyway, so um, when it's her, she and Styles are both sent back in time. Um, and she's sent back not to her. Um, living self, but to right after her death, before she became corrupted and trapped, before being trapped in the dead tree was corrupted her spirit. And um, she told Styles that he had to take over as the guardian and help purge, you know, cleanse the tree and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, if, if, you, if I use that basic premise of it's her that's trapped in the tree before she's completely corrupted, that she's still in the tree and she's still aware she could use um, at the point of Peter's death, she sees what's happened to her son and she uses what magic there is left in the Nematon to send Peter back in time. And then that would give Peter um, um, if she's not bug shit, bat shit crazy yet, he could, um, have a an ally in effect in tree claudia maybe she even elicits a promise from him to watch out for her husband and styles mhm And if you're inclined that way, that does set up a pairing for Peter and the sheriff if you um, if you handle it carefully and John's or Noah is in the know. Noah has to know what's going on. Yeah. But you could write that like Claudia has always intended had always intended to tell John and Styles about it because if she's magical Maybe she knows that Styles is going to be magical when he's fully mature. When he comes into, you know, comes come. She always intended to tell him when he came into his magic, but she wasn't there to do it. 
So maybe she elicits this promise from Peter that, you know, I'll help you and I'll, but you have to make sure the nematon gets cleansed. You have to tell, you know, Noah and Styles what's going on and you can get to look out for them. I think the price would be that he has to defend the nematon and he has to make sure she doesn't get polluted and that he agrees to protect her and her family in exchange for getting a chance to go back in time. Mm-hmm. I think it could work really well. And I like a fix for Derek. Um, and Peter's a good foil to have going back in time um, because then if you're inclined towards Styles, Derek as a pairing, their pairing isn't out of balance which where, you know, anytime you have one half of a romantic pairing time traveling and the other partner doesn't know about it, um, it can be a potential problem. But with Noah being an adult, Peter could confide in him. Mm-hmm. He would have to confide in him because the whole point, one of the one of the things that she would demand of him is him to tell her family that she still exists, that she's still here, that she's in the Nimiton and she she um she needs style. And I think if she you know, if he helps get the Nemeton cleansed or whatever and she's maybe the only way she can communicate, you know, Maybe her, you could even write her as being like a, a dryad or something um, that when the nematon was poisoned, that it corrupted her when she wasn't in her tree, which is why she's stuck um, in this cut down tree, that the tree being cut down limited her ability to interact and stuff. So um, it could be that she's act, but she's you know, like her body's actually dead, but her spirit's still bound to the nematon or something. But you could do a lot of, I think, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, what would be really interesting is if, because that tree is poisoned, and they can't save it. But what if she needs style to move her? I think there's like this whole little image of this little kid carrying a pot. <laughs> Out of the woods mm-hmm. with his mom tree. <laughs> yeah, what if what if she um if she abandons her tree, it creates a new sapling or something, right? And um, she can do that, but she can't risk doing it unless she has a protector. Yeah, but and I doubt she'd be been... looking in her. In, in, in her pot, but that I just got that idea that that she, that the reason that she was stuck in the tree is because she didn't have anybody to to help her and protect her. <clears throat> that would be that would be a lot of fun to write. It would be fun. And yes, Noah is very adaptable. Um, he can handle it.
Yeah, um, Claire Claire Watson did some interesting stuff with Claudia being. Um, I'm trying to remember. I've read several things where the nematom was poisoned or cut down. I don't remember exactly what the device was, but I think Claudia got so abruptly ill. I want to say that in her story, um, Deaton poisoned her, and that's what caused her apparent illness. And then when she died. Um, it was, I think it was something like the magic of the nematon um, was destroyed. I think I'd have to go back and read that section of her world building. But yeah, there's, and I've read other stories where Deaton either poisons the nematon or is responsible for it being cut down or, you know, a variety of things. So it, it, the nematon is an interesting, um, an interesting and to me underexplored aspect, magical aspect of canon. It's like it's there, but they use it as a plot contrivance. Um, um, I think that with Claudia being a tree, she would have let go of that romantic connection with Noah. And I, you know, well, on a real note. I love the shit out of my husband. I do. I love that asshole. Like, I can't even, I mean, it's like shit. Just like, I would would go to jail for him. But if I died, I wouldn't want him to spend the rest of his life alone. I need to make a list of women he's allowed to date. (laughs) Yeah, make a list. So the question so somebody asked the question is would he let, would he let go just even if she did I actually think it'd be easier for him to let go if he knows she's still effectively alive in some fashion still there out there she's you know he he can let go of her gradually rather than the trauma of her death you know um it's a lot we tend to idealize people who have died um no one else ever lives up to them so if she's around and being annoying um, and harassing him about his diet and not around around, but like she's out at her tree um, and uh, telling him, you know, on a regular basis that he needs to get laid. I think that, you know, it would take time, but I do think eventually he would get over it. I think he would, is more likely to move on faster than he'd certainly faster than he did in Canon. Cause as far as I could tell, he never moved on in Canon. I do think if she was there to prod him along that path that yeah that that he would that he would move on um and i since I would never in a million years ship Peter and Styles, I have no problem shipping Peter and Noah. <laughs> I've read some, I wouldn't say it was Peter style shipper, but I certainly have read some AUs where they both are very snarky and very, um, smart. So I can see why they have a, uh, like would have a, would have a chemistry in an AU where there's not, um, you know, um, a huge age difference problem plus PTSD and all that other kind of stuff. Um, so I, I, I've appreciated it in a couple of AUs and stuff, but in a canon setting, it doesn't really really work for me that much, um, like ever. Maybe, well, I think I read one or something where Styles was much older when he came back to Beacon Hills and he and Peter got involved. But, I mean, that was like a different kind of scenario. Um, so, I But if you're sending problem. Peter back in time to Styles at nine, um, then no, that 
that never works. Ever. That's, that never because he's going to, you know, that, no. I, I'd be spinning that up into a mentor vibe so fast your head would spin. Um, yeah, so, and I, I believe even with the bizarre, utterly bizarre stuff that Team Wolf has done with people's ages and how they've changed Peter's age a bazillion times, I believe Peter's younger than Noah. So, um, younger, but not, not like. Not a ton younger, yeah, but re- reason re- of a reasonable age to to get involved with. Because he was and already well young enough that he might be like, ah, I, I just I just can't because because. But you're really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it could be it could be, enough, be enough talking enough that, himself into know, it slowly. Yeah, that, well, I could see Claudia talking him into it. It's like, would you look at how good that looks? <laughs> He's like, would you stop it? <laughs> look at. Like, well, he's look, fine he'd be ass. like, she'd be like, look, asshole, I'm trying to live vicariously through you. <laughs> we need to get laid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't do it anymore, buddy. And that ass is fine. <laughs> if I if I were still alive, I would totally be suggesting a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be difficult. And stop eating bacon. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. We married, we became one person. Now how go have sex for me? I don't know how to pronounce your name. Is that Areet? 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 It looks like Areet. I'm going to go with Areet. But you've sent me the phonetic pronunciation of your name. And I will try my best. <laughs> she will accomplish it. Arate. Okay, I got that totally Ar- wrong. Arate. Arate. That's Ar-a-tay. much prettier than a re- Arate. That's much prettier than a re- <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I would never in a million years be a cock block. Unless someone's trying to get styles laid, he's nine. Yes, she's going to be a cock block. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that doesn't happen. Nine-year-olds don't get laid. That's not what that's called. Um, Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> I wouldn't be a bacon block for real either because bacon is awesome. <laughs> there probably isn't anything I love more than bacon, actually. I wouldn't give up bacon. I'd be like, I, I'd rather have it infrequently than, you know, not have it at all. Would Peter troll well, Derek by making him babysit hyper styles? Yeah, I think he totally would. I think he would be trolling the fuck out of, like, literally everybody as often as he could. I everybody. think that he would probably take great, I think I he would take great delight in styles. 
No, he'd take great delight in winding Styles up and pointing him at his family members. Go hang out with Talia. Isn't that isn't that fun? Yeah, you want to hang out with her, don't you? <laughs> Laura really wants to hang out with you today, Styles. Have a Reese's peanut butter cup <laughs> or five. <laughs> He's wearing out teenage werewolves. Are you sure he's human? <laughs> Actually, he's magic. He can go and go and go. He's got a magical, he's like the Energizer Bunny. He's got like magical reserves. Everybody gets freaked out and runs away. I do have a Teen Wolf um, time travel um, fic I've been working on with a girl, Styles. And um, in my fic, Deaton poisoned the... Um, Nimiton, in a way he thought he could fix, because he was trying to corrupt Claudia's connection with the preserve so he could take her place. Um, but he accidentally killed her, and he killed the tree too, which made all the hail land vulnerable. Which is how Kate got to Derek, and how Kate killed the hails and the fire, because he made their land vulnerable by killing the Nimiton. Um, and eventually he seeks to take my female style's power. Her name, I, I called her Magdalena, um, um, and she goes with Magda, but she, um, to escape that, her and Derek on the stump of what is left of the Nemeton, and the Nemeton sends them back in time. They think they're dying, that they wake up in teenage bodies. And I did ageism, so they're actually the same age. She and um, Derek are starting their freshman year of high school when they um, wake up in the past. So. I could see Deaton doing that accidentally. Like, I think I could control this. Eh, you can't. You didn't. Look at what happened. You asshole. And because he couldn't get the power from the Nimiton, he tried to get the power from Styles, basically. And um, she killed herself rather than than let him have it. So, yeah. Yeah, I've I've been working on it. I have a plot, but then I I didn't like my plot after I got to a certain point. So I don't know what to do with it. I don't know. I'm working on it. You it's just, like thirty you or just, forty what, days. What, what I what I what I do is when I get to plots that I sort of don't like, you know, you just sit on them for a year or so and then go back and go, oh, I see better at path. I think we do that actually a lot with Teen Wolf because I get to a point and I go, huh, well, this isn't working for me. I need to go. Research well, I do actually have. I mean, well, what happened was, what had happened was, is I had my female styles go back in time, of course, and her spark wakes up, and um, she and Derek kind of thwart Kate, and she gets arrested, um, and Gerard is in town, and they don't know it. They didn't know that Gerard was in town when the hellfire happened, um, and that they were actually hunting together, and he kidnaps Magda, and um, she kills him. Because he doesn't, he didn't, he's, he knew she was a witch. He just didn't know what kind of witch she was until it was too late. Um, but then I had a second kidnapping in my plot, and I'm like, really? Why, why do I think that was a good idea? 
Now I've got two kidnappings in my stupid. And I was like, this is stupid. And then I thought, how often do people get kidnapped in Teen Wolf? A lot. <laughs> so maybe it's not unreasonable. <laughs> to have two kidnappings in my plot. But the second kidnapping is um, where uh, Derek, who is on the verge of, he was an alpha in the future. Um, and he's on the verge of being an alpha again. And when she's kidnapped again, and all their friends are kidnapped with them, um, he becomes an alpha. Uh, but there's a whole plot involved in that and how he ends up basically with the, with the teenage pack of wolves that he didn't want because he, he's already had to kill them once. <laughs> he really doesn't want to do it again <laughs> if they can't behave. <laughs> like, no, I did this that- once. This just some things I did not want to revisit. But he had, but he, but he, but he comes to have no choice because it was that that Duke, Duke what's that guy's name? Dukalian? How do you say Dukalian? it? Dukalian. I I actually don't know. <laughs> His sister got pissed at him about the whole alpha thing and how her mother decided that she would not be the alpha of their pack, and she um, is working with the D guy. The, D, the guy, and he kidnaps all those kids and bites them so he can kill them. Just call him Duke? Yeah. And so he bites them all, and Magda uses her magic to bind them to Derek so they won't be the other dude's betas. So he can't kill them for their power. So anyways, that that was my plot. And I don't know, it, it, it felt stupid after I got finished with the first kidnapping, so I don't know how I feel about it. I'll figure it out eventually. Well, I mean, so, but I agree with you that I don't, I don't know that, that two kidnappings is, is at all odd for that fandom. You might need more. <laughs> I might need more kidnappings. Well, in the second you kidnapping, might need more. she is kidnapped for the group. You might need Your more. wife sent me for a sex ritual. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, that's fantastic. I'm downloading that. <laughs> His face is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. If she had sent him for a sex ritual, he should take his ass outside and say thank you to that tree. <laughs> Because no matter how terrible I actually find the character of Peter, the actor who plays him is beautiful. <laughs> I don't actually find Peter terrible. I just find him. Cr- I think he's crazy. I think he was in, he was nuts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he went around terror, murdering, but mostly majority of the people he killed were people responsible for killing his whole family. I don't really have any fucks to give about that. It's the fact that a bunch of teenagers got terrorized in his insane rampage that is the issue but I really do think he was crazy um, so I don't have a problem with him um, although but the stuff he did that was actually awful all happened late season it's late series and didn't make any sense at all so I just the baby out with the bath water <laughs> right like, well it's like they were trying to prove to us that Peter really was a bad guy because everybody started liking him I swear that um, that Jeff, was it, is it Jeff Davis? If he's just contrary, 
that, you know, when, when the fans like something he doesn't want them liking, for whatever reason, he just feels super controlling about that shit. And um, he's like, well, no, he was a bad guy. Why are you guys liking him? Okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make him actually a bad guy. Like, fuck you. I'm going to make him worse. Yeah. I'm going to show you that he was actually bad all along. And then, so, so what I'm going to do, I mean, Peter's whole reason for being in the first season was to kill Kate. And then when they get to later seasons, he hooks up with Kate to help her fight Scott's pack. Like, what the fuck? That makes no sense. So, like, you know, whatever. I, I can't even with that shit. So you know, that honestly, stuff, I think that if Kate and Peter had just killed Scott, most of the fandom wouldn't have had a problem with that. No, not at all. I, I, I think we'd all be down with so that. So I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure that he was very good at creating a bad guy Peter at all, ever. <laughs> well, but Jeff Davis wanted us to just like Scott and not anybody else. We you know, and, and I think he took it like I don't know. He got weirdly Yeah, he got. I guess, but he got weird, weirdly bent about the fact that fandom didn't like Scott the way they were supposed to, or at least you know, not the majority of fandom. Um. So. Yeah, it was. It was. I weird. think when authors like, get bent that way over a certain character, it's because they're too emotionally invested in that character, and that's usually because they put a lot of themselves into that character. Yeah, which it says a lot about the fact that that Styles, I mean not Styles, but that uh, Scott and um, the Scott's big confrontation was with you know his big issue was always Scott had more issues with Derek than he had with Peter. Which is weird because Peter's the one who bit him, which was supposed to be the thing he had angst about, right? Um, but the person he would, Scott was always mad at was Derek, and you know it comes back well, to that stupid Derek thing. You know, stupid Derek thing. Jeff Davis's ex-boyfriend named Derek, who he apparently is going to torment um, by proxy for all eternity. If I was the real Derek, I'd sue him for defamation or something. I don't know something, you know. Stop Beth, using my you name doing, in your man? stories and making your characters have tortured. It's it, it, it's almost like he's threatening them. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 creepy. It's like, dude, you need to let go. You need to let go. Oh God, Scott's just like Ron Weasley. Scott's just like Ron Weasley. Scott was a fair weather mm. friend, a bully, and not responsible, and he had a host of other bad qualities. Did he shove his food in his mouth and eat a lot? Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, what he did. I think maybe J.K. Was... Rowling needs to have a talk with this dude. What he did was abandon his friend all the time when his friend was in danger, which is very wrong. So, yeah. I read a thing once where Ron really didn't get knocked out by the night. But he was just pretending to be asleep in the chess game. He didn't have to go on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Pat says it's a wonder he didn't become a were-rat when Peter Hale bit him. If she's compared him to Peter Pettigrew. I like to read a fit where Styles realizes early on that Scott's just an asshole. And he's just like, you know what, dude? I'm done. Fuck you. You're an asshole. Good luck. Or not. I don't care. Bye. <laughs> done. I'm going to go grow up and wait for the hot-ass werewolf. I I hope he waits for me. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask him. Hey, dude, give me a couple years um, and just, you know, you can uh, just, you know, take care of you, but um, don't have feelings for anything. <laughs> yeah. I'll be 18 in a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't catch any feelings. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I like to don't 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 catch any feelings is exactly it. You, you do what you got to do. I'm not saying be celibate, man, because you know you got a you got you got a few years wait. But um, you know, <laughs> don't get attached. Only because I'm good looking to me. I'm good looking now, and I feel like I'm gonna be hotter as the day goes on. So just <laughs> I'm gonna be worth the wait, dude. I promise. <laughs> well, in fact, this is that in in canon, um, Aaron, um, Hermione is stupidly loyal, um, and she's, you know, and honestly, neither one of those boys deserved her. I think Harry makes up for it in a lot of ways, but Ron never does. And, you know, in the last book, when when he needed her to, to know, to help figure these things out, he... He trusted in her. He um, he returned that loyalty with trust and faith. I mean, he had faith in her. Um, Ron didn't. So yeah, she was stupidly loyal, and, and Ron was just stupid. So. Yeah, just stupid. I like him better with the beard than without, as far as um, Tyler. Yeah, I like him much better with the beard. But he looks a lot younger without the without the scruff. So he, he does um, look incredibly young without without the beard, right? So if I was writing, um, you know, closer to eighteen, nineteen year old Derek, I would definitely go with the the. Have you seen the whole the whole full on mountain man beard thing he had going on? No, it's like all the all the all the guys in that show uh, went off and got like they'll turn into Grizzly Adams. It's like what the hell? Um, yeah, he got the whole like you know the thick glasses and the whole. Um... <laughs> 
yeah, he needs to turn that down a little bit. Uh, I'm not really on board with the Grizzly Adams thing. Oh, yeah, that's tame compared to some of the pictures I've seen. Actually, is it, 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 it's it's quite it's quite the beard. Because um, Jared Bourne also is doing the whole Grizzly Adams thing too. Like, why is everybody? What's with the a little bit of beard? Just that, okay, just that, but just just tired of changing. He was just tired of shaving his face. He's like, fuck it. I'm t- I'm taking a break. <laughs> but speaking of beards, excellent time to talk about one majestic bearded fool who needs fate to take mercy on him. <laughs> majestic bearded fool. Um, are we talking about Thorin? Yes, we are. <laughs> Aha. I like where have I heard majestic and beard together? This is one of my. I'm just gonna. This is one of my favorite pictures. I gotta get this one in. It's a between. It's between the others. It's it's between. No. Okay. No. Let's let's not let's not do that kind of crazy. This is like this is like the middle ground between you know full mountain man beard and and that works and the. That I know, right? I'm, I'm having a moment. I'm digging that one. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, he can have that much beard, but that's that should that should be enough. He doesn't even have to shave. He can do that with like clippers, right? Set to like a like a two, even that's not even a one. That's like a two. So, you know, yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah. Mr. Majestic. I actually have a one sentence prompt that um you know and, you know Julie and I are doing these one sentence prompts. Um and I, I, I had one for Thorin in time travel, but she told me that um that, that neither one of us could write that in five K. And she's probably right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I can approach time travel at all in five K I mean, we could try it, but I have a hunch that it'd be like a couple hours later and I'd be going <laughs> not five k. It was it was my favorite of the prompts she sent me, but I still went. I can't do that in five k. So here's the so here is the prompt. Thorin Oakenshield fell in love with a hobbit, died, got a lecture, and started over again. <laughs> and what I like three hundred k. Yeah, what I like about it is there's so much potential for who you, you could go so many directions with who's lecturing him, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, you know, it, it's just we were, I, I have, we have one sentence prompts, and that is one of those sentence prompts that I, that I had, and she told me no. Why well, did you? It was my no. favorite too, no. but I just don't see I don't, it. I just don't see how we could do it in in five K. I agree. I, it's it's not five Kable. Um, well, all we would get through is the lecture. I mean, that, that's about all I could get through, right? I, I, there'd be a 5K lecture, Thorin rethinking all of his life choices, and and then that would be the end of the story. No, you know, no, he he dies, he gets his lecture, and the story ends when he knocks on Bag door and Bilbo opens it. That's how the story ends. 
Yeah, but you're still not going to get much further than the lecture. No, no. You're going to get to him knocking on a door. <laughs> I don't know if Bilbo's aware or not. I guess that would depend on the person who wrote it. Yeah, I I might go the direction of like, you know, oh, you know he like two or three options for you know Bilbo's first words. Um Well, there was a time travel fic where Bilbo, where they, where they both go back in time, and when, and Thorin arrives with the company, and when he knocks on the door, Bilbo opens it up, punches him in the face, and then shuts the door. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns to the other and he says, I deserve that. <laughs> oh, I just got the weirdest, I got, so I, what if... Bilbo is does go back too, but Thorne doesn't know that that Bilbo has traveled is or at least Bilbo's got some memories or something, and Thorne shows up with the company. So do it that way that he's with his company this time. Um, and the minute he the the door opened, Bilbo throws himself at Thorne and just lays one on him, just total lip lock. <laughs> the company's like, holy shit. Uh, was anybody expecting this? I think you see Wallen being like, well, that was easy. Waylon, get the I guess he's going with us. <laughs> and he would be like, wait, are we going to give him the king or his 14th chair? <laughs> <laughs> oh. The one where Bilbo punches him in the face. Let's see. Oh, no, he slaps him in the face. It's um the thick is called Friends Reunited by Me Wu 27. I'm going to look and see if there's an AO3 link because the one I found is um, on fanfiction.net. And that appears to be the only one. So I'll link it for you. Oh, that is not at all how I thought Miwu was going to be spelled. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder what's how that's spelled. <laughs> and yet, it's so obvious. I don't think I've you ever can't read. Time Thorn in Bilbo's contract. You can't whore out the king, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it depends upon. It depends on how Thorin it's feels about it, right? <laughs> you cannot pour out the king, Dwalin. Right, but Thorin? if Thorin puts it in the contract. 
<laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. You can put that in the contract. Thorin could put that clause in and say, the burglar gets as much private time with the king as he wishes. <laughs> I also read a really, really good Hobbit fic once where Bilbo had actually been writing um, letters to somebody in Bree, sexy letters, and they arranged to have a, 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 a liaison, right? And so Thorin actually arrives at Bag End a day before Gandalf does. And Bilbo thinks it's his his pen pal sexy lover who shows up when Thorin shows up. He takes him into the and they get it on. Because <laughs> I guess because Thorin is a kind of turned down ass and Bilbo thought his his sexy friend had come and then he finds out that Thorin is not his sexy friend and throws him I don't know why, because hello, and throws him out of the um the spall, the hobbit hole. <laughs> That suddenly um, takes on new meaning, doesn't it? <laughs> That's always had new meaning. And um, uh, Thorn has to apologize for misleading him, but he didn't mislead him because he never even got to say his name before Bilbo jumped his bones. <laughs> it was good. That's all I remember of that fic. I wonder if it was unfinished. It might have been unfinished. I I find that to be sad because I mean, what does Bilbo expect? You know, I'm like disappointed. Bilbo, you should have just realized you made a mistake. When, you had a really good time and taken him for another ride. You, know? you throw yourself at a dwarf and then tell the dwarf, "I'm really glad you're here." Let's go to bed, and the dwarf does not disagree with you. <laughs> because why would they? I think is it appropriate to be angry and feel like you were misled when you didn't even ask his name? <laughs> it's kind of slutty, actually. <laughs> not that I'm slut signing. I'm, I'm not. I don't slut shame. It's just, you know, he did throw him out. But, yeah. So, uh, but if we, yeah, I don't think I could actually write. I mean, I could write the introduction to a time travel fic in 5K. But um, to actually write Thorin going through all that and then, you know, waking up in the past or wherever he woke up it would be unlikely. Unless Unlikely? Unless he lands in his body in that moment when he finds out that Bilbo has given the Arkenstone to Bard. That's an interesting moment. Because it gives him an opportunity to to correct one of the worst things he does. Mm-hmm. And to give him clarity in that moment, you know, that sanity and clarity in that moment would change everything. 
I agree, it would. It would be, and you, and you wouldn't even have to spell it out. No, yeah, it, it would change everything. Yeah, he wouldn't pick a fight. He would. He wouldn't almost kill Bilbo. He would. Maybe even he would have enough clarity to make sure that they survive the war that that's coming towards them, whether they want it or not. There's an argument to be said that he really didn't lose the last of his insanity or dragon sickness until he lay dying. And what he really, really, really needed in that moment when it was revealed that Bilbo had given the Arkenstone to what he considered his enemy was clarity. Which could be the title of your story. It could be the title of your story. <laughs> or mine. Or mine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that if I reworded the prompt where it said that he got he died he fell in love with a hobbit he died got a lecture and instead of started over um said something else um uh and tried again that way the part, that way when the prompt is public you guys could pick wherever you wanted to as far as like um him going back in time and and where he lands and what he does with the precious few words you would have left. <laughs> I am not talking myself into a 300K time travel fic. We're trying to talk ourselves into 5K of time travel fic. Word economics. Keep it contained. Keep it small. And when you feel yourself starting to drift into too much plot, stop. I actually have time travel fics. I have several. I have one where... uh, Terrell, my female Bilbo, and Dee's go back in time. Then I have one where um, Bella and Dee's go back, Bella and Thorin go back in time. Um, So I have those two. And they're both easily 300K each with the the plots I've currently got for them. Yeah, I mean, Spirit Wars. Let's see. Spiritborn, I think they're currently at Rivendell in Spiritborn. Um, travel just wants to be long. I mean, it's like, I don't usually anthropomorphize, you know, anything about writing that way, but some tropes just want to be long. It's like they they have their own, you know, like little reality about them. It's like, I want to be long. And time travel is one of those ones that it. When I see something that is is contained, it's succinct, it's got good work at word economics, and it's time travel, I'm like, well, you just you just went up on that like a boss. Good for you. <laughs> unicorn. It's a unicorn fic. Um, let's see. Okay. Um, Spiritborn, and they're currently at Rivendell, or they just are. They're just about to leave Rivendell. They left Rivendell. Um, it's 44k. Um, yeah. So. They've just left Rivendell, and it's at 44K. Yeah, they they do have a new traveling companion, yes. 
So, but I expect it to be between 150 200k for Spiritborn. That's what my current estimate is on my plot. Um, the other one, Trinity. Um, I plotted 300k because they have to, you know, get to Erebor, kill the dragon, um, you know, and then I have this whole thing where, um, where you know, Bella is trying to um, seduce Thorin, and Thorin's trying to court her, and they're both getting it wrong. <laughs> and she feels bad because she can't tell him that she time traveled because every time she tries, she faints. <laughs> <laughs> they're not supposed to tell anybody um, and so she just uh, yeah so it's a whole thing and then there's this this tart from another mountain who's trying to um, marry Thorin and Bella wants to kick her ass but Dee's and um, Tari which is uh, the reincarnated Tyrell who's been she's a dwarf now don't th- don't think it's a good idea for her to try to kick this other dwarf's ass or dwardam's ass, but you know she she's 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 working her way towards it. <laughs> I'm she's willing to kick some ass. <laughs> you have to always be willing. I, you know, everything I read, wherever, most of the sites I'm on all day now are all dark. Um, I have the dark mode set um, for my 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 operating system. Um, I have the dark um, the night mode on Miwi. I have yeah. I'm on the I'm on the um, what's it called? The Discord server is dark, um, so everything is nice and easy on my eyes. So when I wind up on a site that is glaringly white, I mean, it's like, oh, it's like I don't know. It's like something stabbing me in the eye. It's like what the fuck's wrong with you? Why are you white like that? It's terrible. Weirdly unfortunate. Um, what is that? What is Lady Holder sharing with us? Oh, Conqueror. Conqueror. Okay. Really? You know, I kept hearing voices, and I thought my neighbors were having a party. It's my head. It's my other headphones. The podcast is playing, so I was hearing us. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Who else is in dire need of time traveling? Well, you know, honestly, I think if I did write up time travel for The Hobbit, um, I don't know that. Um, what do you mean, if you did? You already have. I mean, that I would. I don't think I could have Thorin travel by himself because, you know, he's. He can't be trusted? Right. He's a little broody. <laughs> You know, he. You know, there's just no telling how he'd react by himself. Uh, <laughs> I feel like there would have to be like, you know, um, I I don't think he would get enough lecturing in the afterlife. So I think there would have to be somebody along with him to like, you know, just make sure he doesn't 
drown in his own guilt. (laughs) Yeah, there is an inherent power imbalance when one half of the pairing is going through a time travel and, and those things that the other doesn't about the other. So um, all the knowledge Bilbo has, I mean, Thorin would have about Bilbo. Um, it's not so much even the knowledge about future events as it is the knowledge about the other person. Um, I think it, it can be really problematic, and you have to kind of find a way to deal with that. Um, I plotted one story where, um, actually the one I mentioned earlier, where um, that I plotted that, that there's, there's time travel because in that one it's actually styled in the original plot that I did it was styles that time traveled he time travels back to his younger self and he doesn't know what he's going to find in the forest and that's when he finds out it's his mom but part of the time travel ritual is that he only gets his memories in the future for time um, that once he's got things course corrected enough to prevent the awful things from happening his memories fade and he um, he knows that he's magic and he's special and all of this kind of stuff. And he knows the truth about his mother, but he doesn't know anything about the future. So um, there, I think there's ways of handling it. You just have to find some way to handle that kind of um, imbalance. And that's the way I, in that particular plot that I chose to handle um, the imbalance between Derek and Styles is that Styles' memories fade um, eventually. I think I, I read a, my initial plot that was when they faded after about a year. That, I like that idea a lot. I read a fic, a Harry Potter fic, where Hermione traveled back in time um, and saved the Potters. Um, and she had all this adult knowledge. And, um, and she was like, she, she, she's a year older than Harry. So she was like, it was just before Halloween when she came back. So that's how old she was. Um, and, um, she convinces her parents, which doesn't take much. She's cur- she, she just goes from speaking a few words to speaking full sentences. <laughs> that um, that she's magical and that she's from the future and that she needs um, she needs help and she needs them to take her to this place and she takes them to Diagon Alley. Um, well, they they take her obviously because she's a toddler, um, and and they get help. And one of the ways that the author dealt with the power imbalance between Hermione and Harry is that after everything was settled, after all, um, after they gathered up all the Horcruxes and Riddle had been defeated, um, and they didn't need any more information from, from Hermione, Hermione asked them to remove all of her memories and to regress her back. And so they removed them like um, a year at a time um, only on only on the condition that as she aged, that she would get them back. So after her first year at Hogwarts, she got her original first year of memories back. And so by the time fifth year comes around, her and her um her and Harry are dating, or not dating quite yet. And she gets the memories of like, or it was after fourth year, and she gets the memories of the tournament. And um, her first thing that she wakes up that she does is she kisses Harry, and he's like, he's thinking to himself, you know, I don't know about these memory things, but I'm on board with the kissing. 
but it wouldn't that still create an imbalance eventually? I mean, it doesn't create much of one for a while, but eventually wouldn't there be one? She went back in time when she was 17 or 18. Oh, okay. So, okay. Well, maybe not. Yeah, I guess not that much of one. I think in that one, Harry died in the final battle and lost. They lost. And Snape sends her back in time. But no, she was like 17, 18. And, but yeah. And Harry knows that she time traveled and he knows all the things that are going on. And he knows that she's getting these memories back. It's a really interesting fic. I don't remember the time. I don't remember the link for it. I'm sorry. I don't remember what it was. We need the fic ninja. We do need the fic ninja. Willow, are you around? Are you lurking? But it was on fanfiction.net. That much I remember because it was definitely, oh, there she is. It was during one of my, my fanfic dives that I do when I, when I, honestly, when I get really depressed. <laughs> so it's usually right around my menstrual cycle. Um, and I get really depressed. I'll go over to fanfiction.net and read. That's one of my rituals. I mean, there's only like a million Harry Potter fix, so or a million and a half or two million. I don't know how it is that Willow hasn't read them all. <laughs> I mean, when you think about this, the scope of how much Harry Potter fic it is, there is, sometimes it's astonishing that any large group of us have read any any given fic, right? Now, that's interesting. Pike time traveling. Hmm. I do think Dad Merle is a cute tag, too. That is adorable. Yeah, we do tend to all read, well, some of the good ones. But I know we also, a lot of us wind up reading the same bad ones. So that's always interesting how that works. And good foxes. We have the same taste for good foxes and good fix. So, but that's a very funny autocorrect. You see it change foxes to fix, or change fix to foxes rather. <laughs> Spock Prime raising reboot Kirk. That's. I don't. I've seen that. Um, I tried to read it. I don't. There's just something. Wrong, there's just something wrong with it. There's just there's some kind of. And it's not the writing. It isn't even the story. It, it's just there's something wrong with that synergy. Um, but I, I guess it's because I am a Kirk Spock shipper that I have a hard time with Kirk feeling paternal towards Spock, even if it's the old version of Spock. Pike time traveled. Um, he could get Jim before he goes completely off the rails. Yeah, he could. 
There's a lot he could do. If he went back far enough, Yes, because in canon, in their original universe, Kurt grew up perfectly fine, went to the Academy perfectly fine, and still took all the risk, all the chances, still cheated on the Kobayashi Maru. That much didn't change. So giving him a decent childhood didn't fundamentally change the original James T. Kirk. So... I think they did a good job of accounting for how he would be different and the things that would be the same. Yeah. Yeah, and in canon, he was a Tarsus 4 survivor. Is it 4 or 5? Five? Five. Tarsus 4? I think, was it 4 or 4? 4, okay. That doesn't come up in the um, in the AOS. Um, but um, I I don't think that there would I mean I think that um, I think that no matter how James Kirk gets raised um, fundamentally he is the stuff that starship captains are made of so that's just my yeah. head he, he's always going to be a risk taker he, he's always going to be um, I think somewhat impulsive a little bit of a decision you know he sort of makes his decisions from his gut. Um, I think some of those things are sort of like fundamental personality traits. Uh, But you can certainly tweak elements of his personality by um, changing his background. Yeah, yeah, I'm I not agree. really I fond agree. of that. Oh, half that half beta Z thing. I'm, I'm, I'm Zoid. I'm pretty fond of that. Yeah, I, I agree that 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 definitely incepted incepted many many a person that James is half beta Zoid. Time travel. Where would he time travel to? What would he do? I guess it would depend on how far he was allowed to travel back in time. Because it's also my headcanon that Christopher Pike was in love with with George Kirk. It's just my headcanon, and and no one can convince me otherwise. <laughs> and okay. I think that if he had the opportunity to save George, he would. Um, but if he doesn't, then the next best thing would be to make sure that George's son grew up loved. So if he gets an opportunity to go back and prevent the destruction of the Kelvin, the Kelvin gets reinforcements. Of course, at that time period, he wouldn't have had, he wouldn't be a captain. Um, He wouldn't have enough power really to, um, 
impact the, the events of the Kelvin situation. That could be a really terrible, like let's say that he managed to get himself on the Kelvin. It could be like a really terrible object lesson. Like let's say whatever entity or force or power or whatever is letting him time travel lets him pick his moment. And he wants to save George Kirk. So he makes sure he's on the Kelvin and he sacrifices himself in George's place so that George can be with his wife and son. And then everything goes to shit anyway. So Christopher Pike is the one who dies on the Kelvin instead of George Kirk. And then there he is facing destiny or fate or whoever it is sending back in time. And they're kind of standing there with their arms crossed, you know, like they're tapping their foot and going, and did that fix anything? No. Why? Because you are instrumental in preventing these things from going badly, not George Kirk. So pick another moment. <laughs> so it'd be kind of cruel, but it could be like, like I said, like a really terrible object lesson. I don't know that I would actually write time travel that way personally, but um, is that his brother walking down the road in the movie? Huh. I missed that. Oh, well, that's why I missed it. That certainly makes that scene a little bit more interesting. Yeah, the the, the implication is, is that Sam's running away. And Jim is racing towards imminent death. But he changes his mind. I think it's a really interesting metaphor because Jim, because James Kirk tends to race towards death on a regular basis. Balls to the wall. I don't know if there's a deleted scene. I haven't watched the deleted scenes. I don't often do that. I always watch the gag reel, though. Anytime we have a podcast where we talk about fic, you know, and I wind up opening up a bazillion links, and then I have a bunch more tabs open than I started with, and then I can't find the chat, the chat, the chat room again. <laughs> well, if you have too many tabs open, you can't even read the labels on the tabs, can you? No. <laughs> Although Discord has a very distinctive little logo, it's just it's pretty subtle. Um, compared to, you know, some of the others, so. Well, I know a Discord logo has a red dot on it. Right now? hmm It's because there are mentions in some server or something that you need to go look at. Oh. There's a lot of stuff. I <laughs> know. <laughs> we just sort of, we just sort of went, we went a little batshit crazy. Um <laughs> With Discord chats. It's like, let's just do all the chats in Discord. Well, part of it was I I feel like all of a sudden I'm getting chats from too many different directions. And so, you know, there's like let's let's just like try to consolidate a little bit, a teeny tiny bit. Some we took some of the chats that were like moderator chats and stuff off of Facebook and moved them to to Discord, but now there's like I have as many, almost as many chat. Well, that's not true. I have at least 30 group chats on Facebook. So, 
But I do have a lot of chats on Discord now. Um, I didn't open Facebook the whole day. I only did once. And I didn't look at anything. I went straight to MHQ and posted a link. Because Facebook annoys me lately. Also, I don't know how to feel about a company that stores, that thinks it's a good idea to store its fucking passwords in a text file or in a text field. That's just, what century are we in? I con married my Facebook, but I'm still not happy with it. So I just took a break because it was making me enraged. And I have enough rage issues. I don't need to add to it. <clears throat> I think, you know, um, if you can't save George, um, that um, that he would that he would at least want to make sure that Jim Kirk's that that um, George's sons were taken care of. Um, and I, I know they cut Sam out of the movie, so it's up to you to decide whether or not Sam Kirk actually exists or not. Um, I think that though them cutting them out of the movie gives you permission to cut him out of your fic and not worry about it ever again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cuz I have I have to admit that that whole that whole subplot with Sam Kirk um Entangled Destinies made me feel bad. Sad and terrible. And so um it isn't something that I would want to do again. So if I, when I write in the future in Star Trek, um, Sam Kirk just won't exist um, because it's just um, it's an extraneous character that I really don't have time for most of the time in my plots. And um, the thing is also is that, you know, in canon it's obvious that Jim was left with Frank um, to his detriment by both his mother and his brother. And so... I don't have anything really good to say about Sam Kirk. And so, I mean, so it's just best that I just like, I'll just keep him out of my fit, because just like, you know, the people who did the movies. <laughs> yeah, since they made it possible, like you made it possible for me to do this, so I'm going to do it. I never posted porn on Facebook. I post links to porn on Facebook sometimes, my own porn. Um, but I never posted links to, like, Xtube or anything, um, even though I was tempted once or twice. Uh, and I never posted any of those pornographic gifts, although that one with that guy... Never mind. Um, but... um. <clears throat> I'm just saying that I never posted porn on Facebook. I did run cock worshiping cult there, but we didn't call it cock worshiping cult. <laughs> How does Bones get a whole bunch of Vulcan babies? It's this really actually, and the thing is, one of the things that I think the author didn't really address really kind of how the ugliness about the Vulcan culture is that when it, how it happened it was accident and this is all happens in the very beginning is he picks up a vulcan child and and he calls him i think i think the first one's buddy but yeah there's a bunch of kids um and apparently um it, if i remember correctly and people in the chat can correct me if i'm wrong 
Um, but if I remember correctly, what happens is when like bonds break and stuff, that they were all too fragile emotionally to pick up the parental bonds of all of these orphaned children. And so these orphaned children are kind of like at risk of dying from the empathic damage that's been done to them of their bonds to their parents being suddenly snapped. And um, Bones basically finds out that there's no viable people, no viable caretakers for these kids amongst all of these people who are also suffering from broken bonds broken bonds and the damage caused by all of these people dying. And it's like you have a very traumatized group of people who basically all these kids are probably going to die. They're not going to, they there's no chance that they're not going to be able to save these kids. And um, part of the adoption ritual is that the kids, kids in Vulcan culture give up, they, they give up their, their name and their new parents name them at least until they're, you know, older or they find a permanent family. And, um, Bones unintentionally gave this kid that he'd called Buddy when he picked him up um, his new name, basically kind of adopted him. Um, anyway, so he kind of like just kind of has a, like a Bones little fit about this whole thing. And next thing you know, there's like 30 of them to start with, but he just like takes them all. And so he names them all. He's exhausted from like, and he gives them all, he starts with a bunch of endearments. I think the second one is like Sweetie or something like that. Um, and he just gives them all these little names. And I think the cute, one of the cutest moments in the story was when you find out, he, he eventually moved on to country western singers, and you find out eventually the highwaymen are um, one of the little gaggle of little Vulcans named like, you know, um, Willie and Chris and Johnny and Waylon. Um, <laughs> Anyway, they all wind up living in Georgia with the Bones clan, um, with with the uh, McCoys. Um, he all he wind up living all, all living all of them living in Georgia with one of the McCoys' ancestral property, um, and um, dealing with the whole issue of how to preserve. There's this whole thing. You know how do you preserve their heritage while they're also becoming McCoys and this kind of thing. And I and then eventually he gets some more, um, like little. Um, little Vulcans who are not adapting very well. Um, so yeah, it's 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 very it's very sweet. It's also very sad in places. It's um, it's it's so a really basically it's a really Bones becomes Father Murphy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he has a couple of teenagers. A couple of teenagers help the te- older Vulcans help him. Um, with taking care of the younger ones, and you know, it's just like his day. You know, spent braiding hair and um, teaching little Vulcans how to be Vulcans, and it's it's um, he's just having none of that whole idea that that you know that nothing can really be done for these kids. So he just says, "All right, fine, I'm taking him." I'm just trying to picture him showing up with a whole bunch of little Vulcan kids and his family going, "What?" You want to? Well, well his family is hysterical. They're really I mean, cute. They're, they're really cute. Can I have one? <laughs> yeah, his family are—they are very chill. His family is lady also is very chill. They are. They are super chill. Um, they're uh, and actually the whole who, the author did some really clever stuff with the McCoy family and the different branches of the McCoy family and what they're like and I don't remember which branch of it were the weird ones but there is a branch of McCoys that are the weird ones um, yeah it's really interesting so 
um, the Arkansas, the Arkansas branch of the McCoys, and of course they would be, um, <laughs> because Bones, Bones is the Georgia McCoys, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, but uh, they're they're so they're so southern and also kind of Bubba too. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's um it's 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 just really interesting because you wonder how could bones wind up with like fifty Vulcans? And it it, it all you would think their children it. would be precious. Yeah, it it I think that it that was that was that was that was a difficult element. I think the author did a good job of portraying why it was the way it was, but it's still kind of I felt a little judgy about the Vulcans that they. Um, were so wrapped up in their grief and loss that they lost that they were losing sight of their future, and you know, to to a huge degree. So, like I said, it's well explained. It's well explained to such a degree that I was annoyed with the Vulcans. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't annoyed with the author. I was annoyed with the Vulcans for, you know, not getting over it. <laughs> they needed to Vulcan up and. And take care of their kids, <laughs> right? But um, yeah. So it was, um, it was, and there, there's a, there's a, there's a healer, um, a Vulcan healer, who kind of is explaining all of this stuff to, to, um, to McCoy about why they just can't. You know or why, and so it's all explained why the Vulcans aren't aren't helping these kids. Um, but Bones is just—he's not having any of those excuses. So he just steps up and takes care of it. And Starfleet is like really supportive of the whole thing because you know this is in the best interest of the Vulcans and all this stuff. Yeah, there are McCoys everywhere. There's tons of McCoys, but the names—the names are a crack up because McCoy was tired when he was naming all these kids, um, and like, say um, you remind me, there's like. Um, you know, there's like endearment, colors, animals, country western singers, and yeah, Vulcan named Reba and Hank is is just about the funniest thing probably that you'll read in, in quite a while because it's just so absurd, but it's also very precious. Yeah, there's a there's a Vulcan named Bear. It sounds adorable, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, why didn't those Vulcan assholes reach out to Beta Zed to get help for all of them? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. These bitches need some... I mean, the thing is, it felt like the way I read it was like they were so internally focused on their own their own pain and getting through it that yeah. they just weren't, weren't really paying attention to anything else. And then by the time they were paying, cause these kids all had really urgent needs. There's, there's a point where they almost lose a kid to um, kind of what I would call like a bond shock kind of thing. Right. It's like they had, they were just wasting away for not having a parental bond. And, um, and so it's that level of desperation that these kids are, are at risk of dying. And um, when the story starts, like the first line is Buddy is screaming his head off because he's so traumatized by the lack of parental bond. And Bones steps in and helps him. And um, 
And so when he finds out that there's a bunch of these kids, he steps up and says, well, we're just going to do this right now. And so he winds up with a parental bomb with all of these kids. Then you kind of want to get mad at everybody who didn't offer one of those kids a parental bond. <laughs> you was like, right, hey, exactly. asshole steering the ship. Take your butt down to the infirmary. There's a kid <laughs> that needs you to bond with them. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, in the situation they were in, it's like you've got all these injured people, you've got all these injured Vulcans, and the kids who, at least on the surface, didn't look like they were critically injured in any way, even though they were all crying and screaming or whatever. Um, yeah, Jim was worded out, but very supportive. Um, it's like it's like dealing with their emotional needs wasn't anybody's high priority because they've just they're they're they're, they're in a damaged spaceship. They're trying to get to um, a starbase to and and these kids are all just suffering. And that's when Bone steps in and and, and deals with the situation. Um, so it kind of, it, it, when you're reading it, you're going, you know, you can see how this is like a you know, bad situation, like escalating. Everything is just like, it's like snowballing and nobody has a chance to take a step back and, and figure out what the practical thing to do is. And then by the time everybody's gotten some sleep, you know, what's done is done. And all of these kids, you know, need, need breakfast and their hair braided. So, um, and I'm not being facetious about the hair braiding because apparently tending to hair is like a it's like a family thing, and so all of a sudden they've got a, a parent again, right? So they need their hair dealt with. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be hair and a little line, with. a little slalom line. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like yeah, you time. do kind of, you do kind of go okay. You know, you kind of got like, you know, in your head, you got your hands on your hips going, okay, Vulcans, like, I get it. You're having a tough time. You've just lost billions of your people. I get it. I get it. But what the fuck? <laughs> Step up, man. Step up. So, you know, I had, I was tapping my dig toes. Deep. And dig I, deep. I, I had my... I had my judgy face on towards all those Vulcans and the healer sitting there explaining to Bones about why they are the way they are. And I'm sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh, right. Sell it to somebody who wants to hear it, Mr. Man. It reminds me of that Tumblr thread about how humans um, baffle the fuck out of the entire universe. And they're like, they breathe death. Because we, because <laughs> oxygen, you know, it's just we're we're all dying on the inside slowly of fire, and um, how we eat things that kill other species, and um, just the whole nine yards. <laughs> just, you tell a human they can't live in space, they live in space. You tell a human they can't, oh, they're gonna do that. <laughs> we're space orcs. <laughs> We live yeah. in space Australia. We're space orcs. Yeah. And the and the Vulcan's feeling towards the humans, especially towards bones in that situation, did seem to be exactly like that. Like, we don't understand you at all. Like, why are you doing this? Because they seemed as mystified by as any as anybody else by bones adopting all these little Vulcans. But they're and like, he, well, I was like, what, do you need a bond too? I don't have time for your grown ass. Get a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's basically, and the, and the healers that were there were like, we're we're overloaded dealing with the adults. We can't deal with the kids too, and so he's just kind of like, I mean, there's like this whole judgy vibe about him without being like he's trying to be not be an asshole towards these healers who are explaining things to him, 
but you can tell he's kind of like, oh, whatever, just go away. Um, it's a very, it, I thought it was, a, it was a very interesting story because I, when I heard about the story, I was like, how long is he going to have all those babies? This doesn't make any sense. And I'm reading going, okay, well, it kind of does make sense. But at least he's judgy as fuck about all of this because I would be too. All the judgment. There are characters that you would save with time travel. Amanda um, favors high. Mm-hmm. Um, Pike. Amanda. Yeah. I would save Pike before Amanda, honestly. I, it's just because we got to know Pike more than we got to. Amanda was on screen for, you know, very little time. So I didn't really get to know know that iteration of her. Um but I really was very attached to Christopher Pike, and then he was dead. Um, and I just, no, he no, he no, no, he's fine. Shut your mouth. <laughs> it was a bad dream. Kirk had a bad dream. So it was. Characters you would save. For, there are characters I would save things happening to them with time travel, um, for sure. Well, definitely the Durans. We would save the Durans with time travel. That's a gimme. Um, they're they're very high. They may be the top of the list because there's just like to me there's no point in Hobbit fic if you're not going to save the Durans. Um, I don't get it either. Don't waste my time if you're not going to save the Durans. <laughs> if Bilbo's just going to pine away in the Shire for the entire story, I'm no. Fuck you, no, no. Fuck you. <laughs> you did I not think take that advantage of the power of fanfic. More. The the second person that I would want to save when time travel with the Hobbit would be Frodo. You mean preventing all of that shit from happening to him? Yes. Yeah. If someone else he, that should not that burden should not have fallen on him. That way he and Sam could have lived their lives out together and planted lots of little Hobbity babies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They didn't get to have any Cabbage Patch babies because th- because. Because Frodo was just ruined. Mm-hmm. So, I, by the way, tangent about the Hobbit. I mentioned something, I don't know, about... I don't remember how it came up, something about Thorin and Bilbo pairing or whatever. And my mom looks at me and she's like, that's a big pairing? And I just looked at her like she was, like, insane. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was reading between those lines when I was 12. And she was like, no, I, 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 don't, I don't, you really? I, I was like, yes, what do you, how, do, how else do you explain? I mean, Bobo spent his entire life alone, sitting in his little hobbit hole, mourning, foreign. What do you think that was about? And um, how did she put it? She said, oh, that's right, she said, but what about the size difference? And I was like, size difference? Between a dwarf and a hobbit, that's what you're focused on. It's like three like or four even, inches. Eight is Bilbo's like lucky. Elf. I said, if 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 Bilbo was banging Legolas, I could see you asking about the size difference. We're talking about a dwarf, but it was just so funny that first she's like, "No, are you kidding me? That's the pairing," and I'm like, "Yeah." And then her next question is, well, "What about the size difference?" <laughs> I was like, "Really?" 
Did she watch the movie? Because there really isn't much of a difference between the two of them. <laughs> no, it's really, it's really not that. I mean, if if a six foot nine basketball player can date someone who's five foot three, I think a dwarf can date a hobbit. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> sure, pretty sure, pretty sure. It was just, it was just such a bizarre. And also, it was just, I was so like looking at her like she was just like completely insane. Because um, I was like, what do you mean you didn't notice when you were the Hobbit? But really, I did notice that chemistry between them when I was a kid. I do think that Thorne was the love of Bilbo's life, uh, whether you look at it platonically or romantically. And I do look at it romantically. Um, and just like I think that Frodo is Sam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, she did agree with me about that. She did agree with me about Fro- Frodo and Sam. I'm like... I was like, oh, because then I, because my next follow-on was like, I suppose you don't think Frodo and Sam were like soulmates. Yes, well, of course they were. I was like, I can't even with you. <laughs> well, then I'd have been like, well, how do you feel about Gimli and Legolas? I was not prepared to have another size size different conversation. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel like Martin Freeman totally shifted. Yeah. He put his whole yeah, yeah, body yeah. into that grief. Whole body. <clears throat> the other characters I would say would time travel. Um, serious. Yes. 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 Please. Um I may not be I may not be reading Harry Potter right now, but by all means save Sirius Black. Um I don't really read, don't really read or Firefly, but if I did, I would totally save Wash because, you know, he actually doesn't need saving because he's not actually dead. Yes, because he's a leaf in the wind and he dodged that spear. That's right. For fuck's sake. Dargo. As much as I loved the PTQ, death of Dargo gutted me. I was, I was, I can't even, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just, they were so close to, to it all being, so they were all, they were almost all safe. They were almost safe. And, I just can't, because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, Aaron fucking gave birth in the middle of a pool, in the middle of a battle, and Dargo dies? <laughs> yeah, it does. It... <sighs> Something I don't know if he was be... still, I don't think if Dargo was still attained to his people, he had a wife and child. His son was still considered a teenager. I don't remember Dargo being considered that young. I mean, these are I mean, some of these are definitely. Oh not yeah, because their because their species live for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, these are these like this. This isn't a fandom I actually would write in because there's nothing wrong with Farscape the way it is. But um, yes, that that's definitely if somebody's out there writing it, by all means, save Dargo. 
is terrible. Why couldn't he just been really injured and they just dragged him back to the ship and it would have been okay? No, 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 no. It's actually my headcanon that Dargo isn't dead. That Dargo is actually um, with the um, he got sucked in by the black hole and he's with the wormhole people. I'm not interested in anybody telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> I have no problem with this. Yes, save Michael Bean in every role possible. The Sean Bean of the 80s. Yes. <laughs> I, I did have a really... I I had a really um, terrible plot bunny that I would never write in a million years, Um, but I had it, so um, I'll share it with you. Um, Moya appears in space above Atlantis. Um, John and his team go up, and they find Pilot and the baby, and he tells them that little Dargo's parents are dead and he needs he needs humans to take care of the baby. Um and Rodney just picks him up and says, Okay and they're like, Whoa, whoa, wait, no, too late. Finders keepers, I claimed him first and Rodney takes him. Aw. I think eventually I killed John and Aaron. I I just, that's like my, but then I thought, what if John and Aaron were actually not dead? And what if eventually, but then it would break Rodney's heart (laughs) if they came back and took the baby. So either way, I'm just not, well, but they could stay on Atlantis. They could. Don't make me problem solve this for you. And that John and Aaron eventually come through um in like like with a wormhole. Like um they they find they they find Moya and um she's in the ocean underneath Atlantis healing, maybe. Yeah. And pilots taking and they a stay. much deserved And they stay. And fight and, the race. And no one no one ever notice no no one ever even notices the striking resemblance they to a couple of SGC personnel. <laughs> right? It just never comes up. Well, you just barely, you look a little bit like, just a, just a touch, mind you. Like, uh, there is just not a lot of genetic diversity, is there? <laughs> no. They treated her like a ship instead of like an animal, and that was the problem with Moya. They didn't treat her like she was um, a sentient, sapient creature um, who was capable of reproduction. Um, They treated her like um, an inanimate object and it was um, terrible. Yeah. Moya could have a baby with Atlantis. <laughs> I I am totally behind this plan. <laughs> we're like, well, well, wait. 
is the city a lesbian? Yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> Mind your own business. <laughs> People are asked this question. It's none of your business. <laughs> the city's. Yeah, you could, you could even have John. John it's none of your business. <laughs> yeah, John could have an insensitive moment where he goes, I always figured Atlantis was female. And Atlantis could pipe up and go, Don't try to pigeonhole me, John. <laughs> I don't conform to your your weird gender politics. Gender is an artificial construct, but now that you've put me on the spot, I've decided to be a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. No, there will be no race, Moya babies. No. I'm not even looking at the pod. I'm not even looking in the chat room right now. But whoever said that, go to the corner. <laughs> Atlantis doesn't. You know what? Atlantis and Moya just share some water. They share a water bath, and things happen. They're none of our business. So who else are we saving? The might, hmm. mighty, might of the all-powerful fanfic. Um, doesn't have to be from death. It could just be from a really terrible set of circumstances. Well, in that case, Harry Potter. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, huh, Diane from NCIS. I agree with that because I'm like, could honestly, could NCIS stop killing women? That that would be great. That'd be really great. I mean, we didn't even like Diane at first, right? And they finally made her tolerable, and then they kill her. It's like, really? Um, Paula Cassidy. Diane was the mm-hmm. wife that um, Fornell and Gibbs shared. Not at the same mm-hmm. time. We hope not. That's not really legal. Although maybe I don't ask, and I didn't. Ju- I don't judge. Ziva. Reaper asked, "Who wouldn't we Ziva? save?" No, she asked, the question is, the question is, who wouldn't we save? And I'm like, Ziva. Uh. <laughs> I wouldn't save Ziva. Fuck that. Although they're making out that she's not dead, but who knows? Or rather, I would go back and make sure she's actually dead. And a retcon that stupid shit. Um, if we went back in time and killed Ari, then Kate wouldn't die. And then Ziva wouldn't have a place on the team. Problem solved. Oh, we've talked before. 
time travel in the MCA in any kind of contemporary um, crime drama, comedy, um, though it's really hard to plug time travel into those. Fantasy and sci-fi, super easy. Um, contemporary setting, a little bit harder. You have to have something that is, I mean, like every single time travel thing I've ever plotted that involved NCIS had a crossover with Stargate. So, John McGarrett, yeah. Yeah, I would use, if I'm trying to save these characters, I would use a different fix-it element than time travel, probably. But if I did manage to do some time travel in um, in these um, one of those universes, I would definitely be saving some people. What if... Um... I'm having an idea. Keep going. I need to think about it a little bit. Yeah, if I ever write a time travel story that's set in anywhere in any of the NCIS universes, just even if it's not on screen, just assume that John McGarrick lived, John McGarrett lived. You know, because there'd be like literally no point in me writing time travel in the NCIS verse and not having John McGarrett live, even if it wasn't the point of my story. I don't want to give. A character, some kind of brief future sight. To like, like, although like that like device a, in um, Galaxy Quest, the thirteen second, the the Omega thirteen, or whatever yeah. it was, or the, um, and. He has and like just just a brief, brief. Like, okay, if that if I do that, this happens, and then like just give them just just moments, moments of premonition. That'd be a different way of handling time travel. I like it. And what it would eventually come out to be is that they did ta- that they did travel in time and they encountered these events and these are the memories that came back with them. That all their premonitions oh, okay. are actually memories of a time, tra- of a, of an, of another time. It's interesting. I think that would work really well. Two hours flies. I hope your dad's doing whatever you know is done doing whatever he does while you're on your podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna go find out what have you been doing because I want to know why I was really gotten out of the way. <laughs> you guys have a great evening and a great week, and remember that Rep Trade starts on April first. Say good night, Julie. Good night, everyone. <laughs>